0: Thank you that we can worship today. Lord God, as we sing this next song, Lord Jesus, I pray we were created to worship you, God. And I just pray that this song, Lord God, that it just, Lord, that we can just worship you through this song. Lord, that we can come to you today and we can just lay everything down at your feet, God. Any situation, anything, Lord Jesus, that we can just worship you and praise you, God.
1: Praise God! What a wonderful day, even though we are getting lots of rain. Praise God! Um, You can be seated, everybody except for the uh, Portillo Ramos family. Come on up here. That's you, Gabriel. I—that's your whole family. Come on down. So this is our last Sunday with Gabriel and Linda and Galise and Gabriel and uh, Um They're going to be moving to the big state of Iowa. And uh, no, no, we're still Buckeyes, so you can still be a Buckeye. I know you're a transport plant, but you know, you're a Bama. Well, we won't talk about that here, but. but uh you know we have loved uh Gabriel and his family since they came here they have been very uh involved in everything from worship to the board to different things and I know uh, Meredith wanted to say something about Linda and so uh and Gabriel both because they both have served in lots of areas I just
0: wanted to thank you guys you have been faithful dedicated and I have appreciated having you guys having you sing run the computer every now and then if we needed you to and Gabriel you did amazing with the sound and just making us sound great I appreciate that and so I just wanted to say thank you guys it means a lot to me that you guys would want to be up here and just lead the congregation into worship and I just appreciate you guys so thank you
1: yeah we know you're going to be a blessing wherever you go we still you know we still have a spot here you know for you If you move back, Elaine's really, you know, sending up prayers to heaven right now for you. But what we'd like to do, um, after service, we're going to have cupcakes and cookies to celebrate you all because we know that, you know, that's a great way to celebrate anybody is cupcakes and cookies. Send you out, you know, full. Um, But uh, we'd like to pray and bless you um, before you leave. So if the uh, elders and, uh, you know, prayer warriors, uh, come on down. Anybody that would like to come and pray? you come. We'll surround you. We so appreciate your whole family, and we know that God will bless you uh, wherever you go, um, but we uh, love the opportunity to, to bless you and send you forth with our blessings, so uh, let us pray. Uh, gracious God, we are so thankful for Gabriel and Linda and uh, Galise and, G- and Gabriel and Gadai, and we thank you for this family. Father, we know that um, they have been a blessing to this, this church, uh, to the kingdom of God, and we know that as they move to Iowa... That you'll continue to bless them that you will have find a, a body of believers that they will be able to get plugged into and be a blessing and so we pray in this transition that even as you've gone before them this far we we pray that you would still go before them prepare the way um, bring everything into alignment that needs to happen and uh, We just pray a special blessing on them today. Thank you for all that they've done to uh, minister to the church and now bless them in this new area, this new endeavor. We ask for this in the name of Jesus, amen. So, thank you guys. We are going to miss you.
2: while they're getting all their, their hugs. Um, one of the things I wanted to say uh, about, about them is if you have ever seen servanthood modeled, you've seen it in, in Gabriel and Linda. Uh, so often they would jump in and do things. Not only did they n- not do it for any praise or recognition, but on occasion, Gabriel dared us to, you know, give him praise or recognition, um, but I thought it was worth, as a body of Christ, saying uh, their giftedness that they brought to us, and the way that it was used here, the way that it, it was for service in the kingdom of God, service to the body, and service to Pastor Ralph, which is huge and i know the kind of load that that takes off of him and i wanted to thank you guys for that uh, i know you said it you're you're going to be terribly missed here at the church um personally your friendship is uh going to be missed seeing you week in week out with your beard without your beard you know whatever uh, uh gabriel not linda she never did have a beard uh uh Gabriel and I had good coffee talks together and just wonderful time and the kids um just wonderful to get to get to know you and um and I think it's again I think it's just um something to celebrate when servants for God do what servants for God are supposed to do Amen? amen so thank you all so much and I I know that the rest of us everybody else feels the same um Thank you for being a part. You'll always, even when you're not here, have a part of what we are and who we are in in our hearts. And we do all pray God's richest blessings on you guys.
1: Amen. Yeah, we like packing as much stuff into a Sunday as we can. Um, No so i know uh, it'll be a great just to fellowship with you for a few minutes after service there and uh uh unfortunately don't think our weather is going to be conducive to our baptismal today outside um the the rain we could put up with it's that lightning that comes up you know i don't know about you i don't want to be in the water if it's lightning out not a fan so it will most likely get postponed till next sunday for our baptismal for Those so unless you know the sun breaks out and you know drives away the rain we'll just you know we still have time right still have time but this morning you're still going to get the message on water baptism Um, because I think it's important uh, for us to hear um, just a little bit more of an in-depth understanding of what water baptism is all about now there are two required ordinances that are listed in Scripture. Two required things that we are to participate in. Does anyone know what those are? Communion and water baptism. Two things in all of Scripture that are specifically required for us to do. Now, there are a lot of things in the church we can do and do do. We enjoy the, the, the freedom and the flexibility that um, God gives us in the Word and the things that we get to celebrate and be part of. But there are actually two ordinances that are required for us to participate in. Now, as a church, we have no problem with Holy Communion. We, every, every month, the first Sunday of every month, we have communion. We, we celebrate communion together. It is... It is something that we do. We are very uh, comfortable with it. And um, baptism, um, I'll be honest, I have dropped the ball probably here more than anything. Not because it's not important, um, but I just it needs to be something that is more at the forefront because I think it is important. Now, we do have a water baptism, baptismal tank here that I stand above. Um, And if you remember, we did it um, end of last year um, in the middle of uh, winter where the water was just above freezing and our heater didn't work in the baptismal tank. And so I got to stand in that tank and be cold the entire time. Um, So it's not that we don't do it, but I think it's something that, you know, we should have it done more regularly. Now for me personally, there is nothing like a good river baptism. You know, uh, it is, there is something refreshing about it, something exciting about it. And so I was so looking forward to today uh, just being able to participate in that. It's still a possibility, but if you're not, uh, if it doesn't happen today, I believe next week we're going to have more people that possibly will want to go through the process of baptism because I think it is an important thing. As I said, Jesus commanded, actually Matthew 28, 18 through 20, known as uh, the passage that focuses on the Great Commission. Listen to these here. Uh, you'll notice you have lots of notes today, right? I wanted you to have the reinforcement of the importance of this, of this, uh, of this sacrament, of this ordinance of the church. But in Matthew uh, 28, 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We're we're good with that focus and that mindset. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So this whole process of baptism is part of his things. Verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You could basically say that baptism is as important as the Great Commission because Jesus commanded us in the same verses to both go out and make disciples and to be baptized and to baptize people. And so when we, when we really dig into the Word of God, there is this, this focus on baptism, especially through the New Testament, that we miss out on. I think many times people don't understand the importance of baptism. Why don't people understand the importance? Any ideas? We don't talk about it. you know. Even people who've gone through water baptism, they may share a brief testimony when it happens, but a lot of times the focus of that event after that moment are not heavily talked about. Another reason people don't get baptized is people are more committed to church tradition than they are to the Word of God. Now that's hard you know coming from a pastor, but I think we get caught up with church tradition. I, I can talk to you about some traditions that have hampered the kingdom of God through the years, but we're not going to rest there today. but One of the areas that really influences and affects people in the area of water baptism is the whole process of infant baptism. Now, here in this church, in our denomination, we do not practice infant baptism. We practice dedication that um, in the scripture they talked about, you know, that they dedicated children to the Lord. We participate, we practice that but we do not practice water baptism because we believe that baptism is a follow-up to a decision for Christ. Um, Baptism is that next step when you make a decision for Jesus Christ, then baptism is a response to that. And, And an infant doesn't have the ability to make those decisions. You know, many times... Um, and, and regardless of the tradition you're from, I'm not here speaking out against other traditions. I'm saying for us, our policy is we, we rest upon the things that we feel like are, are well-supported in the Scripture. And if it is not there, we don't make a doctrine about it, okay? So that's where we fall into. We, we feel like, okay, Scripture does not give precedence for infant baptism. So we don't focus on infant baptism. We focus on when an individual is, when they're able to make a decision for Christ, which that age is not limited by, you know, whether they're in high school or college or, because, you know, my grandchildren made decisions for Christ, I think, at five and four. Huh? January. So that would be six and five. So, so it's not an issue of age it's an issue of when they understand the work of jesus christ in the life of the individual okay that's what it's about and that's why you know they've they've been in church let me just make this clear to you coming to church doesn't make you a christian um uh, the first time I was out in South Dakota, we were pastoring, and we had some friends that we'd got to start coming to church, and, um, and they came forward for salvation. Now, they had been involved in church their whole life. And, and I talked to them afterwards, and they said, we were never asked to make a decision for Christ. It was not something that was promoted in the tradition that they came out of. And so they had been in church their entire life and never been invited to make a decision to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And they realized when the message was preached that they had not spent time there. And even in their tradition, it was not heavily taught for them to be involved in the Word of God every day for themselves. Now, we, for if I were to ask any of you that, I'm, I'm sure mo- probably all of you in here would say, well, it's natural for you to be in the Word of God every day. But not every tradition teaches that. We believe being a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, means that you're in the Word of God on a, I believe, a daily basis. <laughs> that, that's my promotion, is that you're in the Word of God every day. Because um, how many of you like to eat every day? You know, I I like eating and and is just as much as I feed my physical body my spiritual body needs fed as well and so the only way I'm going to feed the spiritual body is with the word of God because it doesn't survive on a good hamburger doesn't matter how good that hamburger is it needs the word of God it needs the meat of the word and let me, some of the passages in the scripture are difficult to process. They take some digging into, they take some time to, to, to wrestle with it. That's why scripture talks about that we are to work out our salvation, that there is a wrestling with the word of God, because not everything written in the word of God is something that we just immediately say, wow, I can do that. I understand that no you've got to get into it you've got to study it you know when you get into the old testament there are things in the old testament that it's like i don't know that i understand this and that's okay you get in there and you read it sometimes let's let me just tell you i never tell a new believer to start with leviticus you know (laughs) book of numbers that's not where i direct them I direct them to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Let's spend let's spend your first days in in the days that Jesus walked here, you know, his coming and the message that that's a good place to start to give yourself a good foundation before you launch off into, you know, Deuteronomy. You know, cuz some of those you get into all those laws and it's like, wow, this is overwhelming. But That doesn't remove the responsibility that is upon every believer to get into the Word of God and to grow beyond Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You have to do it. It's your responsibility. If you think that you're just getting fed here Sunday morning and that's enough, you are mistaken on really what the Scriptures talk about and how our responsibility is to get into the Word and to feed our spiritual being. So a lot of times we get hung up on traditions of the church, traditions of men, and not the things of God. Another thing here in the church is we practice, which really affects this whole process of baptism, we practice baptism by immersion. We don't do sprinkling. We don't do uh, any other form. We, we believe, according to the Scripture, and, and you'll hear about that today, um, we believe in baptism by immersion. That means you are fully um, uh, taken underwater. I was, I was part of a baptism once, and this, as the person was getting ready to go under, the, the pastor slipped a little bit and was losing And so the person went down and started to come up, but they hadn't gotten all the way under. And so the pastor grabbed them by the head and shoved them back under all the way. Caught them off guard, and it was was quite hysterical. But it's like, we believe in immersions. You're going under, you know. (laughs) Actually, the word baptism literally means to immerse. So, you you have to understand that. The word baptism in the Greek is baptizo and is used 77 times in the New Testament and and is always defined immerse. Now, unless you study the Greek, you're not going to see that word. But that is the Greek word baptism uh, is baptizo. And it means to immerse. And so when they when they put them and they baptize them, every time you're reading in the scripture about baptism, it is an immersion. And so that's why we practice what we do. We believe if the scripture says that is our responsibility, is to come in alignment with the scriptures. And as I said earlier, from the scriptures, baptism is the follow-up response to a salvation experience so that's why every believer has a responsibility to follow up their salvation experience with a baptism experience it's a simple process when you get saved you get baptized baptized let me just say this it is not about understanding it but about following in obedience to the commands of jesus You're not always going to understand it, right? How many of you have ever bought a house or a car? How many of you read the disclosures, all the disclosures, you know, before you bought it and understood what you were getting into? You know, let's be honest. I mean, how many of you bought food at the store and read all the ingredients before you bought it? Now, people say, man, do you know what's in hot dogs? I, I do, and I don't want to know anymore. I, I like a good grilled hot dog. Don't mess up what is good. I, I realize not, not everything in it may be good, but I'm still going to eat. I don't want to talk about it when I'm eating it, right? And I don't go out and read all the information about it because I really don't want to know. You know, I remember growing up my my family, my mom would feed us liverwurst. Um Yeah, I that was my response later on in life after I found out what it was. You know, growing up you just ate it because that's what was put in front of you. But but then I found out I, I don't want to eat this anymore. And when I became an adult, I didn't. Um But we don't always but Why is it do we think that we have to understand everything in the church before we experience it? Now, I'll tell you this. I've been baptized a couple times in my life. You know, after salvation, I got baptized. And then later on, there was a period of time where I came back to the Lord uh, in a more committed relationship and was baptized again. So I didn't really... You understand it at different levels in life at times. And so sometimes you, if you think you have to wrap your mind around it fully before you experiencing it, man, you're really setting yourself up for a trouble. It's like these people that say, well, before I have children, I want to have everything in my life in order. Does that ever really happen? Having kids, as soon as you have kids, it's going to change order. Yeah. You know, it's just going to, you know, you're, you're inviting some level of chaos into the home as soon as you as soon as you bring another let's let's get married let's talk about marriage itself marriage that's a you want to talk about how many people truly understood marriage when they got married but they do it they get married because they want to experience the fulfillment of marriage well let me just tell you Marriage is ten times the amount of work than you'll ever realize. And I love marriage. I love marriage. I am so thankful that God has put marriage into uh, the relationship process. But it is a lot of work to maintain a good, healthy marriage. People say, oh, they have the perfect marriage. Yeah, what you see on the outside does not talk about all the problems on the inside. Because I have yet to meet a couple that didn't have some issues in marriage. You just don't see them most of the time. Because when we come to the church, not always is this the case. Trust me, I look at some of your faces that are married. But not always when you come to the church is, is your face projecting, oh, we just have the greatest marriage in the world. Sometimes when you're sitting on opposite sides of the sanctuary, It's obvious. But let's just be honest, marriage is a lot of work, but I'm thankful that when you read the Word of God, it gives you insight into how to have a better marriage. When you read the Word of God, it gives you insight how to have, be a better parent. That's not anything about where I was planning on going, but it would fit in there. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, says, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, um, confessing their sins. People were getting saved, and they were getting baptized. It was an immediate response. let's look at uh, the next uh, verse here, acts eight thirty six through thirty eight and it says, and I love this passage here. It says, "Now, as they went down the road." They came to some water, and the eunuch, this eunuch had, had just had an experience with Philip, uh, a salvation experience, a moment of believing. So now they've come down the road to this, wa- this body of water, and the eunuch says, so here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is, Is the Son of God? Let me just rest there for one second. The primary, you know, area of us being saved is believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, believing and accepting Christ as as your God, as your Savior. That is the that is the entrance into the kingdom of God. And he said, "I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God." So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. The eunuch had a a thought process. Hey, listen, I have have believed. Now what stops me, what prevents me from being baptized right now? The most obvious reason that people give for uh, baptism is very simple obedience. Why should somebody get baptized? Because they're obeying Scripture. It's not about pressure. Now, you're, you're probably saying, well, pastor, you're putting a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, but I'm putting pressure from the Scripture. I, I want you to walk in obedience to the, thing, words, to the things of God, to the, to the way of God. I, I'm not trying to put you under the traditions of men. I am simply wanting you to, to fall in line with Scripture. See, baptism is a declaration of our faith of being a follower of Christ. When, when we go through the process of baptism, it is an illustration of the work of Christ in our lives. One person said this, baptism is a physical picture of a spiritual reality, in, in that when we go under the water in baptism, it is that, that symbolic measure of death, that we're dying to the things of this world. And when we, when we are pulled back up out of the water, it is that process of resurrection. So that is why baptism is so important. It is us deciding to die to our old man being born anew in Christ. It is, it is a symbolic step, a symbolic process for us to walk through. Mark chapter 1, verse 5 and 9 through 11 says this. Then all the land of Judea, that's a lot of people, right? And those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him, John the Baptist at the Jordan River, as he had been confessing or had been preaching a message of confession of repentance. It says, All of the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Drop down to verse 9 and it says, And it came to pass that in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In our, in, our, in our passage, as Jesus came to John to be baptized, John tried to say, no, I, I can't baptize you. I'm not even worthy to latch your, your sandals. <laughs> don't, don't put that on me. It's like, can you imagine Jesus coming to you and saying, okay, hey, um, you've been serving me for a while. It's time for you to serve me here and, and help me to experience this, this, this burial to the old man and you're thinking but jesus you're perfect you've never done these things what what have you done wrong in life mark 3 or matt 3 14 and 15 says it you know it gives us an understanding of this and it says and and john tried to prevent him saying i need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me in verse 15 jesus says but jesus answered and said to him permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness then he allowed him see Jesus communicated it was important for him to walk through the process of baptism because it would fulfill his righteousness Jesus was uh, that individual preparing the way for us in how we are to walk and it was just as important for him to walk through baptism if, if the Son of God said that it was necessary that He go through the process of water baptism, how much more so is it for us to go through this process? Jesus wouldn't let it, it be pushed off as saying, listen, I can't do it. You have to do this now. No. He said this is necessary. It is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness. Church, we cannot lose the importance of baptism in our life. Luke 12.50, as Jesus was heading to Jerusalem, He was talking with His disciples about the events that were going to take place in His life, and and very soon with His capture and crucifixion, and He says this, but I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. See, Jesus knew that He was going to be crucified, that He was going to go into the grave, and He, 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 he used the words of baptism, this immersion into death, and being resurrected. So he, he used the comparison of baptism even in linking with His own death and burial and resurrection so when we start understanding that jesus was wanting us to experience this spiritual process in our life that baptism had more to do with the spiritual man and the decisions that we were going to make from that step forward than we ever gave it credit for i think in in our life and that's why this is something that we need to focus on in our lives if you've not gone through a process of water baptism, Let me just tell you, make it a a priority as soon as you can to experience water baptism. Mark 16, 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, many have used this passage here to say, well, um, baptism and salvation are the same thing. No, they're not the same thing. Mark actually says, listen, believing and baptizing to be saved, it's a process. The salvation port is the believing. The baptism is the following. But Because he says he follows up, but he who does not believe... He doesn't doesn't include baptism there. He just says if you don't believe, you're going to be condemned. See, the believing part is the salvation piece. The baptism, he considers, he joins them together really in one process. That we just naturally go out and get baptized once salvation happens. It's it's the next... in in the teachings in the new testament it is the natural next response once salvation happens you just go out and get baptized see baptism is in demonstration of the work that god has done in and through you so the question comes many times is hey if i was baptized as an infant do i need to be baptized again Let me just go back to the Scripture. Baptism is by immersion, and it is a follow-up to a a salvation experience. If you've not, did you make a decision for Christ at that time? If not, and you have made a decision for Christ since then, there is a responsibility that you have to experience a, a baptism where you make a decision to die to your old man and be born again into Christ. Actually, James, if we were to get into James, he talks about faith without works is dead. We understand that, that there is, that this teaching, that, that there is a responsibility for us to serve within the body of Christ. That our faith should have a natural response to uh, doing something in the kingdom. Baptism is a works piece that we're going out and doing, and there is a spiritual component to it that comes into alignment. Going, a look, going back to our passage where we talked about Jesus being baptized and coming up, you know, and, and hearing from the Father, well done, my good and, and pleasing, or this was good and pleasing to him. It says, if you want to lead a life, uh, that is pleasing. I, I jumped in there with a couple or a different word there, but if you want to lead a life that is pleasing to Christ, we need to follow up with the process of baptism. The early church understood this and practiced it. When Peter preached, and three thousand were saved, three thousand people were baptized. It says, "The early <laughs> that busy one, yeah." Can you imagine baptized in three thousand? It's like all right. <laughs> Peter's probably saying, I need some help here, guys. But 3,000. The early church actually spoke of baptism in such a way that they were seen as one process. And if you're not willing, if you're, if you're not willing to participate in the process of baptism, you have to ask yourself the question Am I walking in complete obedience to the things of God? See, if we call ourselves a Christian, we have an obligation to walk in obedience through the process of baptism. Now, I know this is a heavy message. It needs to be because I think it's such an important area. Acts 3, 37-41 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the disciples, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and your children. And lo, all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And many other words uh, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, And that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. Gladly received the word and were baptized. We should never come to this process, you know, in this, this attitude. How many of you have ever dealt with an attitude in your house? How many of you have been the attitude? Okay, when you come to the things that God is telling us to do, there are multiple illustrations throughout the Scripture that we cannot come to Him with this negative attitude like i have to do this i have to go to church today because everyone's going to ask me next week i know elaine's going to say where were you that's right elaine has a job and if you haven't met elaine yet you will meet her soon The process of baptism was immediately following the work of salvation. But it is done in a positive manner in a desire to honor God. Again, it is not about understanding what all goes on in baptism, but obedience. They heard the word and were baptized. Acts 8.12 and when, and when they believed Philip as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Men and women. The men, the eunuch uh, talked about, you know, hey, what prevents me from doing this? Let's go out and do it. There's water. Hey, natural response. Baptize. Acts sixteen thirty through thirty three. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. Verse 33 And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, this passage to give you a little bit of information on uh, Paul and Silas were in jail, they had already been whipped and beaten for preaching the message of Christ. And in the middle of the night, um, an earthquake comes, and the, the prison doors, the cell doors are all opened. And the, the jailer is thinking the, the my one responsibility was to make sure nobody got out. And they're gone. And so he was going to fall on his sword kill himself. And Paul and Silas says, no, we're still here. And then he says, what should I do? And he says, to be saved. And and in the middle of the night, he had just accepted Christ. And what does he do? He goes home and he gets his whole family. And they all go down in the middle of the night and get baptized. It was an immediate response to a salvation experience. What, What happens if it is done immediately? You don't forget it. You do because let me just tell you the further off you push the experience away from the salvation moment, it's easier to say, well, it's not that important. It's just going underwater. I already made a decision for Christ, that was the important thing. But not according to Scripture, it's required that we be baptized in water, it's our responsibility. I can't do it for you. You have to do it. To sum it all up, let's look at... Know, let's sum it up. Pastor, you've given us so many scriptures. 3, 16, and 17. I'm not, this will be my last passage here. And it says, And when he had baptized Jesus, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased imagine this picture here in your life you come from, come through the process of baptism and heaven opens and the voice of the father is heard saying this is my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased isn't that our desire to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We all want to come to that place in life where we experience that that pleasure that the Father gets because we have honored Him in the things that He's told us to do. Church, I, I can't say it any clearer than what this has laid out for you. There is a responsibility that we have to walk in be obedience to water baptism. And it is each of our own responsibilities to walk that out. Someone asked me once, well, let's say I was saved and baptized, but I walked away from the Lord. And I've come back to Him. Do I need to be rebaptized?" Let me just ask this question. Was there a new salvation experience? Now, there are those that will say it's not required of you, and, and that's between you and God. I'm not, here, I'm not here telling you whether God accepts you, you know, a previous baptism or not. <laughs> I am thankful that I am not that person that says, well, hey, you only went down once. Uh, these parts of your head did not get all the way under. Your, your hand stayed above water. That's not coming with you. I, I'm thankful that that is not my responsibility. But I believe Scripture is clear that if there is a salvation experience, there should be a baptism experience because it is dying to an old man, an old nature. Does it hurt you to go through water baptism multiple times? How many times do you take a shower? Has that ever hurt you? Now, I know I've heard kids screaming and they act like it is. But the truth is it's very beneficial to you going through it is very beneficial for you in that there is a cleansing of the soul when you realize that I made a decision to die to an old way of life. And I am being born into a new way of being, to a new experience in God. And so I, I pray that through this next week as we prepare for water baptism next Sunday, that you will be ready for that. And I know this week we have kids going off to camp. And it's going to be an amazing experience for them. And next Sunday they're going to be, uh, several of them will share from their experience on camp. Um, But then immediately following service, we're going to go down to the river and be baptized. Okay? If it's not lightning, we're going. Rain or not, you know, we just, the lightning I just not put in your life or mine. But I believe that God wants you to experience the fulfillment that comes through water baptism. And so prepare your hearts, and then next week prepare the rest of you as well to go down, if you've not experienced it, um, to be baptized. It's going to be an amazing day. So, let's pray. Gracious God, I am so thankful for your word and how how clear it lays these things out for us there are times we think god i don't quite understand what you're saying but i thank you that in this area you left nothing loose that would give us any way to question the immediacy of this moment or the whether or not it's required or necessary you said to go out and to be baptized 77 times you told us to be baptized and so i thank you that we hear the message loud and clear and and today we make the decision that we're going to walk in obedience with your word and do that which you've laid out for us in the area of water baptism we thank you and we pray that through this this time that you'll will invite our friends and family out so that we can come and experience the celebration that comes to dying to our old man and being born again new resurrected as it might be into a new man for you and we just thank you for this we ask your blessing on these things in your name amen amen all right at this time we're going to wait upon you for morning tithes and offering. If you're visiting with us today, there is a, a guest card right in front of you there. We'd appreciate you filling that out. We'd love to connect with you afterwards. And then remember, as soon as we're done here, we're going to head downstairs and have uh, cupcakes and cookies and celebrate uh, Gabriel and Linda and the family and 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 I list out their children, uh Gadai and and Galise and Gabriel because T- I, I 'm sure if I were to pronounce the name properly, it would sound different than i 'd say it every time I say it it's probably different so but we love this family, uh, uh, and they have been such a blessing to us and we just want to we just want to fellowship with them uh, again they 're moving this week, and so uh, this is your opportunity and, and we 're praying that God will bring them back around for some visits, um, but uh, they 're going to be heading to Iowa this week so please make sure you you greet them and and have a cupcake or cookie as well so let's pray father bless this offering we thank you for it thank you for each gift each giver and uh, in the midst of these things I pray that you would help us to um, experience the fulfillment of your blessing in our lives because we've obeyed you in our giving and we ask for this in your name amen God bless you all. Have a great week and we'll see you downstairs in the fellowship hall for our time of cupcake and cookies.